Welcome to the e-commerce marketing podcast, the highly rated digital marketing podcast that provides weekly digital marketing tips and strategies from some of the world's top digital marketers and e-commerce entrepreneurs that will help you take your digital marketing to the next level. Sit back and enjoy this power-packed episode hosted by Arlen Robinson, who is an e-commerce entrepreneur and digital marketing expert with over 20 years of experience. Hey, e-commerce marketing podcast listener. Are you looking to increase traffic and sales to your website? You can do this by launching your own affiliate program. Just visit getosi.com and sign up for a free trial today. That's getosi.com. Now get ready to hear from your e-commerce marketing expert of the week as they drill down to give you details on marketing strategies that can help grow your business. Welcome back to the e-commerce marketing podcast, everyone. My name is Arlen and I am your host. And today we have a very special guest, Dwayne Brown, who's been called an international man of mystery and digital, excuse me, nomad by friends. Uh, he's lived in six cities across three continents and visited 42 countries around the world over the years. Uh, you know, Dwayne uh, has had the opportunity to work with brands including Asus, Birdies, Pella Case, Jack Wills, Rose and Rex, FTD uh, slash Pro Flowers, and many others. Um, him and his team uh, help e-commerce and D2C brands grow through pay-per-click marketing, uh, data, and conversion rate optimization. Welcome to the podcast, Dwayne. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Yes, and thank you for joining me. Yeah, super excited to to talk to you. Um, you know, we're really going to be kind of diving deep into you know really what is your you know your bread and butter today, which is paid ads and conversion rate opt optimization. How do you optimize those things to build you know a, a profitable profitable business, um, and specifically an e commerce business? And I, I know that's kind of one of the things that you guys do. So I'm super excited to dig deep into that. But before we do get into that, why don't you tell us a little bit? more about your background and, you know, specifically how you got into what you're doing today. Yeah. I mean, how I got into it's probably uh, the same, but maybe different from other people. Um, I went to school for public relations because uh, I could afford college, like college in Canada. It's very different than maybe college in America. Did that for a couple of years, but realized I didn't want to spend my, my life just writing press releases. Uh, someone took a chance on me at an advertising agency and so that got me, you know, experience with like Google, because this was like back in 2007 and, uh, you know, Google Analytics, Universal Analytics, you know, which was what happened before GA4 just came out, you know, and ever since then, you know, I worked there for a couple of years and then I worked abroad a little bit in Australia, worked for some agencies, freelanced here, uh, eventually went to live in the UK for a couple of years in London, uh, which is really cool. Um, and then I kind of like lived in Vancouver, Canada and Montreal, Canada, uh, both working for a tech company, working for myself. And then, yeah, about seven years ago, I started the agency. Uh, and it's been, you know, an interesting ride because uh, paid advertising, you know, 17 years ago was a lot easier. It's like almost shooting fish in a barrel. You know, mm -hmm. there wasn't as much competition. Uh, everyone didn't really know what this whole Google thing was. Yep. Uh, Today is a lot harder to do uh, what we do. Uh, and that's, you know, good and bad, obviously good because it challenges you and, and you've got to work twice as hard and there's a fulfillment aspect, but also bad because you've got to like just sometimes burn them in that oil to crack something because it's just not uh, what it used to be sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Yeah. So it definitely sounds like you've uh, kind of been around the wave for a while and had your hands in a lot of different 
marketing ventures, technologies, different companies and brands. And I'm sure, you know, everything that you did in the past is really kind of what led you to, you know, to forming your, you know, your agency and to be able to help uh, other businesses grow. So it's, it's, it's always good to hear to be able to take, you know, real world hands-on experience um, and be able to, you know, apply that to helping other businesses. So I, I always love to hear that. Yeah. I mean, I always tell people I didn't really mean to start an agency, you know, if I'm going to be honest, like right. I originally quit my job because I was both bored and unhappy. And I figured I'd just like freelance for a year and, mm -hmm. and figure things out. I'm really good at my job 10 years in and I figured I could always get a job somewhere. Somebody's always looking to hire. I can convince mm -hmm. someone to hire me. I've got the skills. Uh, you know, this was in 2017. And so 2017 went into 2018 and I was still kind of just happy to do my own thing. And 2019 was there. And, you know, obviously each year gets a little bit better. You know, 2017 is rough, but 2018 is a little bit better than 2017 and 2019 is a little bit better than 2018. Uh, and then obviously, as we all experienced, we had the pandemic uh, and that was like, you know, five years of growth in, in a matter of a couple years. Right. Uh, and there was a decision of like, do my own thing or maybe hire a couple people. You know, so we've hired a couple people. We've got like a small team on purpose. Uh, now it's kind of just us picking like who we want to work with uh, and balancing, you know, the clients we have with just like mm -hmm. making sure people have like, you know, a 40 hour week, maybe 45 if it's, you know, Q4 and stuff like that. We balance out the workload across everyone on the team. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. My experience has definitely helped me get here. Um, but I think as most people probably don't always realize, like working for someone else is very different than running your own company, right? Yeah. When you work somewhere, you got someone who takes care of like HR and hiring mm. and taxes and administration, yeah. all that sort of back end stuff you don't go to worry about. When you work for yourself, yeah. you got to wear a dozen hats and then sometimes figure <laughs> that stuff out when, you know, the governments don't make it easy, regardless of what country you're in. Like taxes mm -hmm. are just a pain in the butt. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. I can definitely uh, feel your pain on that. You know, there's there's so many other things that come into play when the buck stops at you, you know, and uh, you don't realize that when you're working for another company. Yeah. I tell friends, my job is not more stressful than what you do, which is a different kind of stress when you work for yourself versus working for somewhere else, you know, but right. I'd rather make my own decisions and live with the consequences than go back and work for someone else. Unless someone gave me some sort of dream job and yeah. there's very few dream jobs out there. So I think we're going to stick to what I, I got going because I like it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that's awesome. That's definitely good to hear. And, and thank you for sharing that. Uh, well, Dwayne, I think where I kind of want to start off uh, a conversation with is uh, the kind of the world of pay-per-click uh, marketing, um, because it's, um, you know, it, it's like every time I look up, there's a different pay-per-click channel that you can participate in as a business. And a lot of times as a business owner, it's kind of hard to navigate through these, figure out what's what. So I wanted to see if you could share some, some key strategies for pay-per-click marketing that will drive and that can help drive e-commerce and D2C brands growth. Yeah. You know, I think you kind of hit the head, the nail on the head with that sort of intro there. I think it's a lot of times for brands, it's like it's picking where you spend your time and your money to begin with. Yeah. You know, I think oftentimes brands want to be everywhere. I want to be on the Google and the Microsoft and the Amazon and the Facebook and the TikTok or, you know, we were talking before we came on this podcast, you know, threads came out by Meta, you know, mm -hmm. last week or whatever. And so people want to be on threads and run ads. And so I think, you know, if you're starting out and let's say you're only spending, you know, a few thousand dollars a month or $5,000 a month, you know, your goal really shouldn't be to be everywhere. Your goal should be to pick one ad platform and then, you know, spend your time and energy getting that platform to work for you so it converts and brings in customers who pay you 
on a consistent basis. You know, whether it's every day you get sales or, you know, two or three times a week. But the point is you're getting consistent sales on a regular basis that you can semi-predict how many sales you're going to get at any given time. You know, people often want to try to run before they can even walk on and crawl when it comes to advertising, which is often the wrong approach. Trying to do everything at once often has you go slower because you're spreading your budget and your data too thin across too many ad platforms, whether it's, you know, Google or Microsoft or Amazon or Facebook. You know, but it often leads to the question of like, well, where do I go in terms of ad platforms? And so kind of the rule of thumb, I wouldn't say it's a hard and fast rule, but a good way to kind of think about it is, you know, if I've got a product where there's tons of demand, i.e. there's lots of people who search for it, well, then I'd want to spend my energy most likely on Google, right? I want to go where people are going to search for my product because it's a high searched intent product. But if I sell something that people don't really search for, then odds are I probably want to spend my time on Meta, whether it's Facebook or Instagram, because since people are not going to search for it, I've got to push my ads out there to get them in front of the people who make the most sense. Mm -hmm. And so if brands are going to start out, it's figuring out which platform you start on, out on. So it's either... I push it. It's not really search oriented. And so I'm on, you know, meta, which is like Facebook and Instagram, or if it's search oriented, I want to be on Google and we'll get things like performance max shopping campaign, search ads that when people search for my product, I can come up on google.com or .ca or, you know, whatever country country TLD you have, uh, that way my ads come up when people search for it. So that's how we kind of think about where do we start? Because if you start everywhere, mm -hmm. you're going to get nowhere. Yeah, yeah, very true, very true. And I think that's a trap that a lot of business owners uh, fall into is because they feel that because just there's a new platform out, the latest and greatest, like you, you said, Meta just announced this threads or technology that's, you know, going to be similar to Twitter. So, you know, you see all of these businesses, everybody is flocking to it. You know, they say they have record numbers of enrollment. And um, so the business owners, you know, or in their minds are like, okay, I got to be now. I got to be on threads before it was Snapchat <laughs> or Instagram. And, uh, but you, you're right. You're totally right. I think it, you cannot be in all these places. You have to figure out, I guess, like you said, the bottom line is, you know, where is going to be your ideal customer? You got to look at the demographics of these particular social platforms. Where do they skew? Um, some of these platforms skew over the younger audience, you know, some are more male, some are more female. And you got, you got, you got to really dig into the weeds there and figure out, all right, um, does this uh, network of people meet my ideal customer profile and does it match that? And then kind of go from there. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense. With pay-per-click advertising, there's you know a lot of people that are maybe new to it, probably have different misconceptions. And what, what do you, would you say are some common misconceptions about paid ads, you know, in, generally in, in the e-commerce industry and, and how can businesses just avoid falling into certain traps? Yeah, I mean, the big one is often people think if you spend a dollar today, you get back your dollar today. <laughs> right. you know, I think what people need to realize, and this isn't just a paid advertising thing. This is just like advertising in general, whether it's like billboards or TV or, or podcasts or just organic things, right? Like when people come to your website, you know, how long does it take them to actually make a decision they're going to buy your product, right? If you're selling maybe a cell phone case, maybe someone decides they want to buy the product right away or in 24 hours. Mm -hmm. But if you're selling a more expensive product, let's say you're selling like mountain bikes or some sort of high-end TV, well, I'm going to come to your website for the first time, but I'm probably not going to buy right away unless I've got stupid money, right? Yeah. And so I might take a week or two weeks. And so I think people need to realize even with advertising on, on Google or Meta or whatever it is, you know, depending on what the customer journey is like of how long it takes someone to make a decision on making a purchase, 
you know, that's how long it's probably going to take you to get your first sale. So if the average customer takes four days after they've been to your website to decide they're going to buy, well, then you're probably not going to see your first sale for four or five days. And so I think that's mm -hmm. a big misconception people have. They think like, yeah. spend the money today and I'm going to see that sale today. Mm -hmm. uh, the other misconception the ad platforms have done is they made it seem like it's really easy to do this job and people often yeah. don't think about it as a skill, mm -hmm. but it's kind of like being a mechanic or an engineer. Well, if you don't go to school to be a mechanic or an engineer, unless you've got innate abilities, you're probably mm -hmm. not going to be fixing a rocket ship or fixing <laughs> your own car, right? Like right, right. it is a skill to run campaigns and do it in a way that you're actually going to make money because mm -hmm. even though it's easy to set up, it doesn't mean you set it up in the right way. You know, it's I often, I say, kind of like playing the difference between checkers and chess. People think it's often like a game of checkers, which is really easy, but it's more like a game of chess because you're thinking about the situation I'm in and the choices I've made today. How does that impact the futureness of this campaign for me being successful? You know, am I targeting the right people? Haven't I spent enough money on a bid? If I don't spend enough money in a bid, well, then I can't be entered in an auction. If it can't be entered in the ad auction, then I can't win the click. If I can't win the click, I can't get the sale. Right. And so think about these things are really important versus like just clicking lots of buttons and then set up the campaign and then, oh, I'm going to make lots of money tomorrow, yeah. which is rarely yeah. the case. Right. 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 Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because what people don't really realize is obviously with these platforms, the metas, the Google ads and all of these other pay-per-click platforms, their bottom line is uh, to increase their bottom line. Yeah. And so they, they've got to make it easy for you to get in there and do the setup because, you know, if there was too many barriers or it was too difficult to get in there, you know, that, that's, that's a pain point. People are going to struggle with it and they're not going to spend as much money. So yep. they've got to make it as easy as possible. And so as a business owner, you got to realize that, yeah, okay, it's going to be easy to get this, these things set up. I mean, you can just easily with a click of a few buttons, I mean, you can dump a, create a budget of, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. And, um, you know, depending on the keywords or the campaign that you're running, I mean, you can, you can literally burn through tens of thousands of dollars in, in a matter of minutes, really. <laughs> and so, uh, very easy to do, but yeah, there is a skill uh, involved in making sure that everything is optimized correctly. And that's where, you know, agencies such as yours and, and many others are out there to guide people because, you know, you guys have had a lot of experience not only with your your company and your brand, but dealing with other companies and optimizing their you know campaigns for them. So it's um yeah definitely leave it to the experts uh, is is what I what I definitely encourage people to do. I want to kind of shift gears now, um, Dwayne, and kind of shift over to the conversion rate optimization side of things, which is I think a very big part of helping to grow uh, your brand. And a lot of businesses, I think focus a little bit more on that top of the funnel and then trying to bring in sales through these other methods like the pay-per-click advertising. And then so sometimes the conversion rate optimization conversion rate optimization is kind of a second thought or last thought a lot of times. And so what I wanted to see is are, what are some specific essential elements of conversion rate optimization that a brand should focus on in order to you know optimize their website to get better conversion rates. Yeah, I think one of the big things that people often, I think they think about, but they don't always work on is, you know, their checkout, you know, regardless yeah. of what traffic source someone comes from, everybody's going to your checkout. That's just like a guaranteed. And so mm -hmm. making sure you've got, you know, a very simple checkout that's easy to understand uh, and is very clear, you know, it also has things like, you know, built-in social proof, uh, trust badges, things of that nature means that you're more likely to be successful. 
you know, the example I always give is like Shopify has a really simple checkout. It's, you know, usually three pages. Mm -hmm. Everyone has probably seen a Shopify checkout. So let's say you're not on Shopify, you're on, you know, Magento or BigCommerce or WooCommerce, you know, and it's fun to be on those platforms. We have clients on those platforms as well. But I think if you're on those platforms, you got to think about how do I make the best checkout experience possible? Because your biggest roadblock to success isn't always getting more traffic. It's sometimes just converting the traffic you already have. Yeah. Because if you're already getting the good quality traffic, then focus on converting the traffic you have would be a lot easier because you're not paying twice to get twice as much traffic. And so if your conversion rate on your checkout is, let's say, an average of 1%, well, getting that checkout to 1.2, 1.4, 1.25 means you'll be converting more people and not necessarily spending more money. Yes, you'll spend more time, obviously, because you've got to like optimize your checkout. But I often say the checkout is probably the one place people often think about but don't work on. I think especially brands that are on Shopify Plus, I mean, one of the big reasons to go to Shopify Plus versus a basic Shopify plan is you can customize your checkout. But the number of brands on Shopify Plus who don't actually customize their checkout would be shockingly high that it's almost scary they're on Plus to begin with. You know, I think beyond that, depending on what ads you've run, uh, obviously, things like your product page matters. You know, the images on your product page. I think often brands underinvest and underestimate the value of a really good product image for the product that they sell. You know, and whether you've got two images or five images, we can debate the number of images you need to have. But actually, having good quality images is really important because people do look at your images. They do look at product images from different angles and different sides. You know, you see mm -hmm. bigger brands like ASOS and stuff, invest in video on their product pages as well. And so for mm -hmm. brands who can invest in a bit of video, uh, I'd say encourage that as well, because people will often look at your product description and our images decide if they want to buy the product or not at the end of the day. And so I think yeah. really invest in, in a product page that's easy to use, easy to see what the product is, easy to understand what I'm going to get or what the material of the product is, mm -hmm. means you'll send a better chance of success because whether you're running ads on Google or Meta or some other platform, everyone's also going to most likely visit your product page on top of visiting your checkout. And so those two choke points, so to speak, are where you should focus your time so you can get more people to add to cart and then you get more people to initiate checkout and convert. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it's kind of a, a balancing act. Um, and, and kind of what you said earlier is that you've got all of this traffic already coming to your site. You know, you're, you're getting a consistent, you know, if you've been in business, you're established for, you know, a year or so already, you're, you're already getting some consistent traffic from some of the other advertising that you're doing. So it, it does make sense to really almost look at conversion rate optimization first before you look at bringing in more traffic. Because, you know, if you're not handling the customers that are coming to your site or potential customers that are coming to your site, currently right now, if you're not handling them correctly, then it doesn't make sense to, you know, um, feed more, you know, fuel of the fire because, you know, you're just going to be burning cash. If there's holes, like you said, in the checkout process, if you don't have the right product descriptions, the right pictures and things like that, then yeah, it's just, a, you know, it's going to be a waste for everybody else that's funneling in after, you know, those current customers that have already been coming through to your site. 100%. I mean, I think the thing I always tell brands as well is, you know, look at what your competitors are doing, right? Your competitors often set the table stakes of like, what's the minimum acceptable, you know, site that you need to have. And so if your site is like kind of down here and their sites are kind of up there, 
well, you kind of need to up your game on your website. So at table stakes wise, you're matching what your competition does yeah. in terms of how nice your website is. Like yeah. gone are the days where you can have a crappy website. And <laughs> right. People's standards are pretty high after the pandemic, I would say. Yeah, very true. Very true. There's been a, there was a lot of retooling going on after and during the pandemic where people were like, all right, this is the only way I'm going to sell. I got to make sure I'm up to snuff. And yeah, like you said, look at your competitors and yeah, there's, you're, you're right. Gone are the days of having a crappy website. You got to be you got to be top notch. You got to have a good site, solid site. Now, let's say we're a, you're a, um, a e-commerce business owner. You're listening to this and maybe you're, you're new. You're, you know, you're kind of just fresh out of the gate launching your site. And, you know, you're hearing everything that we're saying about pay-per-click advertising and conversion rate optimization. Um, how do you know and what is there a particular approach in balancing the budget? for paid ads, as well as for conversion rate optimization? How do you know how much to put into each of those categories or areas? Or is there a particular formula, you know, that works best for that? I don't think there's really a formula if you're just starting out. Let's say you're three, six, you know, under a year in business. Yeah. Because you're so new, you know, all things being equal, probably doesn't make sense to try to do anything CRO related mm -hmm. because you're not going to really have the traffic to justify it. You know, okay. you can't do CRO run tests on a website if you don't have any traffic. That's just the way yeah. it is. But on the flip mm -hmm. side, if your business is brand new and you didn't set money aside to run ads on Google or Meta, wherever it is, well, then you potentially can't run advertising because you don't have a big enough budget. Mm -hmm. You know, similar to like we talked about earlier, you can blow tons of money and spend too much money in advertising. But the flip side of that is also true. You could spend too little money. Right. You don't spend enough money. You can't actually decide whether what you're doing is successful or not. So I think for yeah. brands who are just starting out, you know, if you can do things like, you know, PR or blogger outreach or, you know, SEO and things of that nature to get your initial traction sales, it's sometimes better to do those things because then you'll bring in revenue, which you can then invest in paid advertising. You know, if you're not mm -hmm. going to do, you know, our rule of thumb is, you know, somewhere around $100 a day or $3,000 a month is where brands should be if they want to like, successfully implement, you know, paid advertising for e-commerce. You know, sometimes you can get away with less than that if you're in maybe, let's say you're in a smaller country. So let's say you're not targeting in America, you're targeting maybe a country in Europe or a country in Africa, and there's less people potentially, you know, you might be able to get away with a slightly smaller budget than that. Um, but anything less than $100 a day starts to become a lot harder to see success because you're not going to have as much data coming through your platform, which is then going to lead to sales, right? Yeah. And that also means if you make a mistake, you've got less room for error. And so that mistake is going to cost you time and money. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're starting out, you probably aren't going to do CRO, but you got to make sure you've got revenue or money set aside to actually do anything with paid advertising. So you don't spend yeah. enough, you're just going to burn your wheels. Yeah, spin yeah. Your wheels. yeah I understand. That makes, that makes total sense. So you, you, you got to have traffic, you got to have a kind of a history of performance, uh, getting that traffic going to the site. And then, and then you can start to analyze eventually, like you said, the conversion rates, but yeah, it makes, that makes sense. It's just um, something that a, a startup brand doesn't need to think about initially. Yeah. They can start, start planning for it, thinking about it down in the, down the line in the future, but initially they, they've just got to spread the word. They got to start build, growing um, sales, getting traffic coming to their site. And then, you know, from the experiences that people are having and the, the, the kind of the, um, the flow or that customer journey actually they can analyze those type of things and figure out okay how can we improve it and then yeah i i, I totally understand um how that would be um 
appropriate at that point. Yeah. Well, as we get ready to wrap things up, Dwayne, I wanted to see if you could share a success story of a brand that you've either worked with or that you're just familiar with in general that has effectively utilized paid ads and, and conversion rate optimization to build a profitable e-commerce business. Yeah. I mean, we've got lots of different examples, but I mean, I'll, I'll talk about one of our older clients. Okay. Uh, I don't know how many, how many listeners are women, um, but we work with a brand called This Is Jay. They make pajamas. They sell across you know North America. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we do make pajamas for guys and stuff like that, but most of our pajamas we sell are, are mostly for women. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, a big thing that's helped us grow successfully over the years is really understanding like why women want to buy the pajamas versus, you know, other options in the market and really incorporating that message in, into, you know, into advertising, you know, it's no different than when you, when you sell like a SaaS platform or some piece of technology, right? You try to incorporate people's pain points into that technology to convince them to buy that technology. You know, for those listeners who are probably our age or maybe who've been around for at least the good decade or more, mm-hmm. you know, when Apple first came out with the iPod, it was all about having, you know, five gigs of, you know, music in your little iPod, right? Yep. So I think think that that sort of advertising where you hit on someone's pain point or problem and how your product solves it uh, works out really well for lots of the clients we work with. Because oftentimes people are going to try to sell like a feature or a setting or tell us what the product does, which is great. But if you can sell something that helps people, you know, that's even better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and doing that's really helped us take clients from, you know, they're usually in the mid six figure range. So let's say they're making anywhere from three to six hundred thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. And then take clients to one, two, three, four, five million dollars a year. Um, but even brands who come to us who are already at seven figures, you know, helping them scale up to ten or twenty million dollars a year, mm-hmm. it's still the same process, right? It's like why are people buying this, figure out what the pain point or problem that you're solving and really hit on that. Um, so you can help scale them by targeting people who care about what that problem or pain point is at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's that's just um, kind of the bottom line. The fundamentals of any type of selling is just capturing that pain point, figuring out what that pain point is, and then highlighting in your product or service how you meet those needs and how you can resolve and solve that pain point. And so that's thanks for sharing that that example. Uh, with the company that you dealt with, because that's, um, yeah, that, that's really what it comes down to. I mean, those are the fundamentals. And, you know, as long as businesses are going to be in existence, I don't know if that's ever going to really change. Um, people want a problem solved, a pain point solved, and they're coming to your brand or they're in the marketplace researching brands to figure out how that can be solved. So, yeah, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Well, Dwayne, this has been an awesome conversation. I definitely learned a lot regarding paid ads and, and conversion rate optimization. I think it's going to go a long way from our, with our listeners and our viewers as well. And um, so, yeah, this was awesome. But to close things out, I always like to switch gears just so our audience and listeners and viewers can get to know you a little bit better. So if you don't mind sharing one closing fun fact about yourself that you think we'd be interested to know. Yeah, actually, I was going to say, uh, since I was telling you before, I just came back from vacation. Yeah. I've actually hit 48 countries now. So I've, uh, I've increased my number of countries. Uh, I think most people say that two things that I love is basically travel and food. Okay. Uh, you know, I would love to work on like a peanut butter brand because I love peanut butter mm-hmm. uh, as a food group. Uh, okay. Yeah. When I'm not working, I'm basically either traveling or like trying a restaurant and trying to like shut my brain off of, you know, running a company. Because I think, as you know, and any business owner knows, it's hard to sometimes shut off your brain. Yeah. Um, but I know when I'm out, out at a restaurant or traveling, 
uh, I can usually shut off my brain a little bit easier because I'm doing something that I really love. Yeah. Um, and that makes me better at my job when I come back to work. Yep, that's very true. Well, that's that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So, wow, 48 countries. You've got me beat by quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I got to get my travel game up uh, so I can catch up with you. But yeah, that's uh, I'll have to definitely, uh, after another point offline, I'll have to pick your brain a little bit more about some of the places that you've been and get some travel recommendations from you as well. Anytime. I've got restaurant reviewed on Google. I only review like restaurants and hotels on Google reviews for my Google okay. reviews. So yeah, friends generally come to me when it comes to things like uh, travel food or where do I stay? Okay. Um, Cause I, I review that stuff and I find it super interesting. Okay, great, great. Yeah. Well, before my next trip, I'll, I'll definitely hit ping you and hit you up and see, have you been there? And then what recommendations could you recommend? Well, that, so yeah, definitely. Thank you for sharing that, Dwayne. Really appreciate that. Lastly, before we do let you go, yeah. um, if you don't mind sharing the best way for our listeners and viewers to contact you, if they want to pick your brain anymore about pay-per-click advertising or conversion rate optimization. Yeah. I mean, probably going to our website is probably the easiest way. Uh, okay. So you just go to takesomerisk.com. Um, and there's like an email address, there's a form you can fill out if you want to reach out and see if you want us to do like an audit or you want some consulting because maybe you want to keep execution in house or if you do want to like hire an agency potentially. Um, and then I spend a, a fair bit of time on LinkedIn and on Reddit. So those are other areas I spend a bit of time on. Um, so that's kind of the best places to reach out to me really. Okay. Awesome. Well, awesome. I'll definitely encourage people to, to check you out. We'll have the link to your website in our show notes so people can, can access it from there. But yeah, once again, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Dwayne. We really appreciate you having uh, this conversation and coming on to the e-commerce marketing podcast. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce marketing podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with everyone you know. Are you looking to take your digital marketing to the next level but are tired of weeding through countless YouTube videos with unproven and untrusted marketing strategies? Well, we have the answer for you. The More Sales Every Month Online Digital Marketing Course. In this information-packed course, you will learn effective keyword research, link building, content marketing, and much more to attract and convert your site visitors into paying customers. Just go to moresaleseverymonth.com and sign up today for a low one-time fee. In addition to this power-packed course, if you would like to get access to a growing repository of digital marketing articles, PDFs, and eBooks, check out getosi.com resources and opt in to get full access to our library of priceless marketing information to help you take your digital marketing to the next level.